You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Good evening, Chiefs Kingdom. This is Season 3, Episode 4 of The Aftermath. I am your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my good buddy, my friend, Chris Tiffany. Chris, how are we doing on a Victory Monday, bud? Dude, CJ, we said it last week. The title of last week's podcast was Chiefs Looking to Make a Statement. I think it's safe to say they made a statement <laughs> after dropping 44 on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, dude, like I like again, we expected them to come out. I don't know if I expected 44 points and to be that productive. I, I was guaranteeing a 30 piece. I didn't expect 40 neither. Right. But hey, when it starts right. rolling, when it rains, it pours. Ain't that how the saying goes? <laughs> and that was the that was what the juju. Fumble in the middle of that too. The only thing that stopped him was was a fumble. It felt like early, and it was just, I, I it was the picture perfect start for Patrick Mahomes in the offense. Who Absolutely. and all the questions like, how are they going to look after Tyreek? How are they going to look with these new guys? That you know, a lot of them did have question marks as far as MVS and Juju, and were they able to do it? But they still got that man, Travis Kelsey, at tight end. And boy, did he put on a show early, too. It was like the game plan called for, like, all right, let's hit Travis early, remind everybody, and then we'll start spreading the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Dude, Just what were were you thinking watching that game? Basically, what I saw was, like you said, man, the, the ball stops and it rolls with 87, man. He's the best in the league. He's been the best in the league the past five, six years. It's not really a doubt. Um, and then, like you said, everybody else just got in. You had Juju go six for 79. MVS had four for 44. Clyde had a couple of catches, two of them being touchdowns. Um, Sky had a big play. Jared McKinnon got involved. Miko had some big plays and a touchdown as well. Like we just said, man, it's death by a thousand cuts. You had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine guys making, ten guys making catch. So, ten guys making plays on offense, just like the opening drive we mentioned in Chicago. During the first preseason game, this is going to be a tough offense to stop when you don't know who's going to make the play. And yesterday was evidence of that. Yeah, everybody that was supposed to make that they've been saying in the offseason came to fruition, especially on the offensive side yesterday. Uh, and I thought the I thought it was really interesting how they used the running backs too because they came out and Clyde, boom! I think he had thirty four yards on that on that first drive rushing, and then he scores the touchdown on drive two, and then he scores another touchdown on drive three. And then they kind of went away from him, but it felt like they made a statement that like Clyde's the guy, Clyde's the guy we're going to get involved early, even though his numbers, you know, they didn't need to use him late. So his numbers kind of stayed where they were after those first three drives. But it was really nice to see him going early and often. No, absolutely. I was I was I was loving how they got Clyde involved in the red zone and in the middle of the field. Obviously, he had seven rushes for 40 yards, which is a pretty decent day. Now, obviously, in the red zone, he got a shovel pass, got a pass in the flat as well. And this that's the kind of action we've wanted to see from Clyde, right? Like, we know that was his niche coming out of LSU. He's a guy that can catch the ball really well out of the backfield. And Andy and EB showed that last night. So, I was so happy for Clyde because I know he's had a lot of people, maybe you being one of them, that's been a little tough on 2-5. So, it was good to see him get in the end zone a couple of times for sure. <laughs> Right, right, and I'm trying not to. I, I want to see all these guys to see. So I'm not. Try, I'm trying not to be an asshole, but he did only. He did have you know most of his production on that first drive, and it kind of went away. That is true. So that is true. That we'll is see true. how it carries <laughs> on because they like the other guys behind. But no, it was great to see Clyde to get in the end zone a few times. 
awesome. know what else? We were talking a little bit about off air. My favorite play of the game may have been that thirteen personnel touchdown to to Jody, where Call they had jumbo package, baby. They had, you know, three tight ends, two on the right. They were they jet sweep McColl across the formation, get the whole defense going from left to right. Jody goes drag route across the end zone. Beautiful ball. I know a lot of people in Kansas made money on that anytime Jody forced a touchdown. If you made some money, it was plus seven fifty. So if you made that money, you're a smart person. So <laughs> <laughs> you were one of those people, right? I definitely put money on it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> you had to. You had it was. To, he's yeah. just such a weapon. They gave him another look where he busted a tackle. And he didn't score, but like his other catch was down in the red zone. There's a real chance that Forsen's one of those guys that like maybe he has. He probably only has you know 15 to 20 catches on the year. Ten of them, maybe touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He made yeah, it up with seven to ten touchdowns, depending on, <laughs> on how it goes. So that was another thing that fans were excited about and wanting to see. And again, it came true. Like again, all these things we've been seeing as as Chiefs fans that we've been talking about all summer, all preseason. The Chiefs showed them. Like they, and Absolutely. it's crazy that it works so well because you would think the Cardinals would know. But at the same time, the Cardinals did blitz Mahomes more than any other team has blitzed Mahomes before, which is like a big no-no. You Rare don't blitz, so maybe maybe they don't know what's going on. Maybe that's I why it's not. like. <laughs> so having said that, how much of this game can you take away knowing that the Cardinals really were depleted defensively and didn't really play Mahomes or Kelsey? Kelsey wasn't getting hit at all at the line of scrimmage. That no, we've seen other teams have had success do. Exactly. You have to take it with a grain of salt because there were things that we did well, but then there were also some deficiencies on the other side of the ball as well. But we knew Arizona was a team that was banged up. No J.J. Watt. Chelan Jones not on the team anymore. They don't really have a number one corner. They have some young linebackers. So we knew we were going to take advantage of them in the middle of the field. And like I said, we handled business. But at the same time, there were a lot of people who said Pat wouldn't be able to move the ball outside of their right. first read, a.k.a. an anonymous source. But we're not going to get into that. All he knows is that he had a career high day for being blitzed the most, and he threw for 300 yards and had five touchdowns. But that's another story for another day as well, Chris. I'm just saying. Um, but, I mean, 15 did his thing, man. They went out there. They moved the ball. He spread it around, of course. I, one thing I was most um, I was most uh, experienced or not happy about was the way we use all of our running backs. I've been saying that all offseason. We have four guys we can trust to make plays. Isaiah Pacheco, ironically, had the biggest stats. He granted some of his stats were in garbage time at the end of the game, but he finished with – 12 for 62 in the touchdown. Clyde ran seven for 40. Obviously, he had the two catches as well. And then Jeremy Kennan had four for 22 and a couple catches when he was receiving the ball as well. So I just love the balance. I love the options we have. We didn't even get to see Rojo out there. I just love the depth and how many guys we can really depend on. No one's going to get tired. Everyone's going to be fresh. And I love that about our running back. And that's all that really Chiefs need is, is just a fresh running back that can make plays exactly. when called upon. Exactly. They don't need a workhorse. I think they do still want that to be Clyde, but they don't need him to be. Going on on Patrick though, real quick. Did you see? I didn't want to get into this, but I'm still a little fired up about it. Did you see that Pro Football Focus ranked him as the eighth best quarterback through the Bro, first? It was like a 78 or something. I'm like, what are we doing? No, man? it was a 71.5. Jesus Lord, what are we doing, man? Five touchdowns, 360 yards, <laughs> no turnovers. Josh Allen, who did have two picks, I know one of them wasn't his fault. He did have two picks. Threw for yes yards. Combined with his rushing yards. So even if you include Josh Allen's rush, he had yes less, less yards than Mahomes, less touchdowns, more turnovers, 91.5 grade, <laughs> 20 points higher. Like it's one thing if like, we're sitting on, here. Like, what, are, what, like, are what are we doing? If, if it was like Josh Allen had his 
91 grade and Mahomes was like at an 89, we wouldn't be okay. talking about it because who cares? Exactly. Like it's not it's not exact stats. How do you have a grade? How do you charge people money to have those two quarterbacks 20 points difference in a game with They're those really stat lines? Money. I've never understood PFF rankings. And me and you have been enamored and really been hammering the table like to not take their rankings or ratings right. seriously in any way. Because it's really like I'm not trying to discredit them. That's a great platform. They do good work. But that's right, right. Like, I, you can't watch both of those games and tell me he was that much better than Mahomes when he didn't even have a better game at all, period. So it's it's, it's laughable at this point, bro. So I completely agree. <laughs> he threw one bad pass. He Literally. was 30 for 39, and he threw. He got blitzed on the goal line, threw a ball up to Noah Gray. Noah saved it, you know, and, and knocked it down in complete pass. We got to a couple down. times, but outside of that, he really didn't miss any passes. So. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, that was one turnover-worthy throw. And, and Josh Allen had one worthy turnover throw as well. And yet, twenty point difference. I just, I don't. I, I, don't, get, I, I, don't get I, I had to get that off my chest because like it just baffles no. me. I think they do a really good job on defense and offensive linemen. Give some credit to those players that don't always pop on the stat line, and they take mm-hmm. a deep, deeper look and they give us a general time. idea. I mean, they PFF was huge, and the Creed is good, you know, thing, and and letting everyone know how good Creed Humphrey was as a rookie and how good he is. Exactly. But when it comes to those quarterbacks and those positions, like. There's just enough times where you're scratching your head and being like, even if you're supposed to, even if there's other things you look at, how do you come that far apart? There's nothing you can put together that say he was that much better. Yeah, so I don't know. I I knew it was a talking point in the fan base and that people were kind of up, fired up, myself included, kind of wanted to get into it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, I I try not to get into it. (laughs) Right, right, right. It was just just wild. Again, I'd ignore it if they were all close because who cares, but that wide of a margin. Normal Monday. Normal Monday. I was like, damn. But but I was jumping (laughs) into the defense because, you know, the the offense throwing 44 is what we're talking about because we love points, but that's what most Chiefs fans expected. You know, we expected that 30-point outburst at least and – them to kind of be on all cylinders. I didn't. I didn't expect the defense to keep them down to se- the Cardinals down to seven points through what two and a half quarters or however long it was. Like they, exactly. they, uh, they really impressed me, especially that defensive line. They got after Murray all game. What, what were you taking away watching that D line? That's what we talked about last episode. A guy like Kyler Murray can extend plays, so to beat him, you have to contain him in the pocket. And Chris, George, Carlos. Frank, all those guys did their job of not letting him really get out. He had a couple good rushes here and there. He didn't really rush for a lot of yards. But when you have a guy like Kyler, you have to make sure that he doesn't extend play. So he really didn't have a – he had 29 yards rushing. That's not really a great day. So you keep him in the pocket. Obviously, we forced a fumble out of him. We got him on the ground a couple times, so we got some sacks. So I was glad to see the D-line dominating, like you said. But as far as my biggest play of the game, I would say I was happy with our safety room. Obviously, yeah. we all know Justin Reed was the hero for being Mr. Kicker, turning in his car. So <laughs> he's adding that to his next contract too, V, so you better be ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I was happy the way Juan played. Juan was flying sideline to sideline. He looked good. He looked explosive. He was instinctive. He looked like rookie year Juan again. So I was happy the way he played. So who were some of your biggest points for the defense? Yeah, I, I – give a lot of credit to Spags and we all know what Spags can do, but I really liked those blitz packages that he provided, you know, bringing, bringing Legereus off the end like that, who we all know is a great blitz and corner, great. Slot blitz. Corner. That was a great so, slot blitz. Yeah. Bring it, bringing that early too, and getting Kyler for the first sack of the season. I uh, really like, Spags love doing that too. A lot. Right, right. No. And he's so good at it too. And, it, and it's nice to see that, you know, these young guys are picking it up pretty well. Cause Karloftis, he, I think had six pressures and a, and a batted mm-hmm. ball. Um, 
McDuffie, which we'll get into him a little bit early on as far as his hamstring injury and whether or not he's, we think he's going to play on Thursday, but he played 21 snaps before the hamstring injury, targeted zero times. And zero time, uh, people. Nate Taylor of, of uh, The Athletic was talking about Definitely. how good of a game he was playing beforehand. You know, that was, that's a thing that, you know, sometimes gets lost is when you don't hear their name or you're getting so excited about other things, you don't really – Think about, you know, the guys that aren't being called. And, and Trent McDuffie was one of those guys who was having a really solid start. It is weird that the Cardinals didn't go after him at all. But also that may have just been – it's hard to tell if that was more game plan or just like the level of Trent McDuffie was playing where Kyler couldn't throw the ball over because he was playing such good coverage. No, exactly. And that's the kind of thing we talked about during the preseason. I, it's actually funny during my group chat during the game, they're like, how come I haven't heard Trent McDuffie's name? I'm like, there's a reason for that. You don't right. want to hear his name. That means they're not throwing at him. So, hey, if we go weeks and we don't hear Trent's name, hopefully prayers and hopefully he's available to play Thursday. And we'll get into more into that later. But yeah, if you, as a DB, if your name's not being called, it means they're not throwing at you. And that's how you want to be mm-hmm. remembered. So just like an old lineman, if they're not calling your name, it means they're not getting any pressure. So that's, that's a good job by Trent. Hell of a game. Yeah. And then, of course, Nick Bolton picked up where he left off, dude. Ten tackles. All pro Nick. We've been pushing this agenda all offseason, people. All pro Nick, man. I was slow on Nick last year. If you remember, you know, through halfway through the year, I was was calling, you know, didn't think he'd be a complete linebacker. I thought he was going to be a hell hell of a guy in the run defense. But he's he's proven me wrong time and time again, and I'm so happy that he just continues to get better. And, you know, he, he, he may not ever be known for as a coverage linebacker but when you can play run defense the way he does and already take over that leadership role i mean he's kind of a quiet guy but he seems to like command the defense though it's kind of a weird vibe you know what i'm saying like but he's already got it he's already got control there's a lot of guys that are like that they're quiet off the field when they cross those white lines man a flip switching it comes on so because like, you think of like Willie and Nick, they're complete opposites, right? Willie's high right. energy smiling always jumping around flipping the towel and Nick's just like serious face you know, mug always reserved and calm. When they get on the field, they're both animals. They turn into dogs, man. So right. I'm so I think you and everyone else can agree we're so much happier with this linebacking core where we oh, were man. a year ago today. So night and day of how much faster and how much athletic they are for sure. Yeah, no, it it just pops off the page. And when the def- and the D line's doing their thing like they were, um, exactly. it does make those lanes open up for those linebackers. It was just it was just such we could talk about every single player individually because there were so many things that went well. Absolutely. For the Chiefs, like I don't even know what would a negative be like, I, and I'm not saying you even have to answer. Like I'm just outside of the juju the injuries. Fumbles, there really wasn't too the, many. Yeah, right, right. The, and you know, like turnovers are going to happen occasionally. And yeah, I'd rather something like that happen. A lot, but yeah, they're occasionally going to happen. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't even know what I would nitpick at because I, I love the way the Chiefs play top to bottom. I mean. All three running backs had value. All the run receivers did their Chris thing. Got constant pressure the entire game. So shout out right. to Frank. Yeah. I think Frank Clark had five pressures. Carl Loftus and Jones had six. You know, Dunlap mm-hmm. had a sack. Sneed had a snack, a sack. Thornhill had two pass breakups. McDuffie wasn't thrown at. Uh, when when McDuffie went out and uh, Watson came in, he had a nice pass breakup on the down the sideline there too. Like. <laughs> again we could go through every play it was just picture perfect like there's really not a better week one game outside of the injuries that you could ask for as a kansas city chiefs fan with the way both sides no, of the ball played 
obviously we're hoping that guys come back healthy. As far as the injury report, we know Pat left the game with a wrist injury. Um, I know he said he didn't leave the game. He didn't leave the game. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, leave the game. Yeah. <laughs> After the game was over, he left the arena saying, "I know, I know, he didn't play a lot in the fourth, but it wasn't because of his left wrist." No, we <laughs> all know the score board. When he was at the podium, he said, "I'm good, I'm fine." He said, "Nothing." Right. Like, we got the win, so that's all that matters. So Pat on the injury report had his wrist. I know Trent left the game with a hamstring injury. Um, probably, hey, knock on wood. Hey, um, Finn didn't finish the game with injury. That was good. That's the guy. He's I, the guy I was most worried about because he was right. injured all preseason. So we see that all the time with Finn. That's a fair point. I didn't even think of that. He finished the game. Frank finished the game. So the guys that I was like most worried about are actually the ones that are finished. So um, I know Juju had the bad fumble, but I know he said he was dealing with something as well. So hopefully that's good. But yeah, outside of that, man, I know um, Trey rolled up his ankle, and I heard um, from what I heard in the report, he could have came back. But they really allowed him, especially being this Thursday game, like you said, being so close. Right. You don't want to rush guys back in that situation. And Allegretti slid right in the right guard and played very well during that, during that most of that stretch for the second half. So I don't think they're really impressed to say, Trey, we need you back out there. So and right. we had Alleg- to be repossession. So yeah, and Allegretti is they they said this all the time, but he's basically their their sixth starter. Like they they when they start them at any of the three interior spots. Um, before we get into kind of looking at this short week in this big AFC matchup, I did want to get your question. Who's a guy, if you had to pick one guy that Chiefs fans aren't talking enough about, because there's a lot of guys to talk about with that game, who's your guy that made some plays and stood out that maybe we should draw a little bit more attention to? No, for sure. On offense, um, everybody looked good, but mine would probably be, I think Jerry McKinnon looked good. I know the stats may not show it, but you could just see the burst change of pace whenever Clyde comes in and you can have another fresh back in Jarek and it's just like they just go yin and yang with each other you can throw the ball and run the ball hard and then you can throw a screen to both of them they both can catch the ball they both are good at pass pro when they need to be so I, I love the versatility and I love the depth of this running back room so I think Jared had a good game probably isn't going to get talked about but in the moment he had the ball in his hands he made good plays for me so who will be one for you that that cut that or I guess it was two cuts on that one run. I think it was like a 12, 15 yard yeah. run McKinnon had. Yeah, it was yeah, it was nice burst, where he cut back twice. It, yeah, he he's my favorite in the passing game, honestly. I know that the yeah, other bro, two we saw it in the Cincinnati game last year. Right. All right. I know the other two they they like what they can provide in the passing game, but if we had to designate one passing down running back, I want it to be McKinnon. Um but my guy, oddly enough, is gonna be on the other side of the ball. Carlos Dunlap, man, like big signing, you know, big six, depth six guy times. that the Chiefs, a lot of Chiefs fans thought that they needed to kind of build that depth and make that defensive line better. Got a sack on his first game, uh, you know, had a couple other tackles and pressures. Just that he looks fresh, man. He, he, I don't, I don't have the snap count. I don't know how many snaps he played, but I imagine it was less than most of the other guys. And that's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. want. We don't Dunlap does not need to be on the field often. His presence needs to be felt when he is on the field, and that was the case yesterday. And that was really good to see that veteran uh that's known to get after the quarterback get after the quarterback you know there's a little there's a little worried about the age and so i, I enjoyed seeing that so that's probably my guy but no for sure and he usually always plays well against seattle because seattle fans hate playing against him as well so he terrorized them for a lot of years so <laughs> yeah yeah you mean arizona because he was on seattle i mean right? i mean yeah, 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 yeah. Seattle, he terrorized arizona yeah my fault yeah, yeah. right he no, always no, you're good. Well against arizona, so but yeah for sure that was good to see from carlos man i love yeah. the line room so good to see him george and frank chris Get constant pressure, backfield all day. See if we can keep that trend rolling this week versus the Chargers, man. Right. And the man, what? It, it, short weeks are always tough. For short sure. weeks into Defensive playing division. the Chargers. 
Man, what I what do we need to know about this game? What's the, what's the initial feeling going into to Thursday night football in Arrow? I, mean, I, I watched the uh, the Chargers game. Uh, I rewatched it as well. Um, they look good uh, per usual. Uh, Slater had a, had a solid game versus Chandler Jones. Uh, Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert. He went out there and threw three plus touchdowns. So they have they have a lot of weapons and they have a really good quarterback and a good OC. So it's going to be a battle, man. It's gonna, they're dealing with injuries as us as well. I know they had Keenan Allen who did not practice today on their uh, injury report as well. JC uh, Jackson is still dealing with his ankle surgery that he had, so there's not. I don't, I don't know if he's 100% guaranteed to play. I, don't, I, I didn't know if he practiced uh, the other day, that last week or this week as well. But they are dealing with injuries as well, so it's going to be interesting to see what they look like come Thursday. Because short week, you got to travel across the country, so um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a heavyweight battle. Man, every time we play the Chargers, it's been an instant classic. It's the first time right. we played them last year. They they got us at home because we turned the ball over a couple times. And there was some controversial calls, and then obviously the second time we played them on the night game, and then we ended up walking it off with a uh, game-winning touchdown. So every time we play them, it's always a good battle, Herbert versus Mahomes. So what do you, what is your matchups? Or are you looking into this game? Right. Three of the three of the four matchups, right, have been overtime games. Is, yep. is that yeah, with, with Herbert? Yeah, like they're always good games, and that's because it's two elite quarterbacks getting after it. My Ooh. biggest thing will be the pass rush because Arizona had a deficiency – um, on their defensive line, that's why they probably blitzed more than any other teams because they felt like it was their only option. You know, they weren't going to get home with four. They tried to dial it up. It clearly doesn't work because you can't blitz Mahomes if, at all. It's just something, you know, and the Chargers know that, and they have Bosa and Khalil Mack on the yeah. defensive line, so they aren't going to be blitzing. They're go- And they're going to be getting at, you know, Wiley and Brown are, are going to be tested all game, and, you know, Allegretti may be starting, which I feel – Still decent about it's not Trey Smith, but still good about how does the Chiefs hold up in pass protection? Because Chargers only bring up four, they're going to drop seven to eight back in coverage every time. Mm-hmm. Is Pat going to be able to? Are the wide receivers going to be able to win matches? Because we saw what happened in the Cowboys Bucks game, you know, which is maybe a little unfair, but the Chiefs wide receiver course probably a little better. But that's the best comparison that I can have. You know, the Bucks have a good front front four they have good coverage guys in Carlton Davis and Winfield and the the Cowboys couldn't get separation and it was an ugly game I'm a little that's my only real concern is sure the, the Chiefs cooked a bad Cardinal secondary with with decent with decent wide receivers are they going to be able to do the same thing against the Derwin James against the Asante Samuel Jr. when the Chargers only bring in four that's my biggest key to the game is getting separation. We still know Trav is going to be there. We still know that safety blanket he's going to have, but just the wide receiver's ability to win in one or even double coverage with the Chargers only bringing four on every down. I don't know if no, I explained that, but you know what I'm saying? No, I got you. It's, it's going to be a big week for our running backs and our tight ends, man. Like you said, they're going to rush four. They believe in their guys up front. They believe in uh, uh, Sandels of Jay. Uh, they're the tackle. They believe in Khalil. They believe in Joey. Uh, they're going to ask those guys to go win the game for them. So, but when you have four running backs like we do, and have you noticed that Mahomes was very quick to get to his checkdowns in Arizona? And that's what I've been saying a lot. And a lot of Chiefs can have been saying a lot the past year. So if he can do that a lot and let those guys make plays for you, get in some of that 12 personnel that we saw so much, even 13, as you pointed out earlier, and we can usually get those matchups because they're probably going to be in base nickel, maybe some dime in certain situations where they try to bring in Derwin James in the box, maybe bring in an extra safety over the top to try to match up with the tight end that we do have. And I, and I don't know about you, but if they decide to bring in extra safety, I like our advantages in the run game with our old line yeah. and our tight ends that can block. So I think there's, it's going to be a chess game for sure what they do. I expect a lot of zone in between the 20s. They're going to play a lot of too high, make us throw the ball short, rally up and tackle, mm-hmm. keep their eyes on Pat, and don't let guys really get open. And then I expect in the red zone for them to 
kind of play more in the box, pack it in, blitz a lot, kind of man up some schemes, some cover one, some cover zero. Expect in the red zone and the green zone a lot. But, yeah, it's going to be on our run game and our running backs because we can go in there and get them to come up short and take all the short mm-hmm. stuff and maybe get their eyes looking. Maybe we can catch them with a play action here or there with those tight end sets that you love so much. So I think it's, it's going to be a good matchup for sure. But I think Andy and EB are ready for it. Yeah, they're going to have to be creative and try to think long-term, you know, almost like a chess game where, okay, we're throwing exactly. the drag. We've thrown the drag to Hardman. We've thrown, you know, the out route to 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 Noah. We are tight or Travis is sitting down in the zones, you know, do all these underneath things. And then boom, Marquez hits him over the top, you know, late exactly. in the game. Or that. Like that's, that's kind of what the Chiefs are going to have to be game plan is get the Chargers to come up because I don't think Pat's going to have a lot of time again. I think it's going to have to be quick early. And then if you can set up that one deep ball late in the game, that's uh, that's going to be the key because even if without J.C. Jackson, Chargers got a good defense. Like they, sure, they, they, you know, they they struggled a little bit with Devontae Adams, but they made Derek Carr, who I I'm a little higher on probably than most Chiefs fans. They made Derek Carr look very bad without J.C. Jackson <laughs> last week. Like he did not have a good game, but at the same time, the Raiders were still in that football game, and so I'm hoping that the Chiefs are kind of able exactly. to catch you know limit those mistakes that Carr did and we'll see it on the other side. What about defense? How how do we think the Chiefs defense is gonna stack up against a potential Keenan Allen less Chargers team? And this is the this is the matchup we've been talking about all preseason, right? How do our new acquired DBs match up with our first real test of the year? We gotta face a six four Mike Williams. We gotta face potentially a, a six two Keenan Allen. And I know they signed Gerald Everett um, from Seattle last year. That's another guy that can play. So they have some guys in our offense that can get open. Obviously they still have Austin Eckler. Um, they signed Sony Michelle in the offseason. So they have guys that they're comfortable with giving the ball to. So I'm sure they're going to try to run it at times. But at the end of the day, Herbert wants to throw the football. So they're going to try to get their one-on-ones. They're going to try to get the ball to Mike. Keenan Allen is going to try to work the middle of the field. And that's what we have to be ready for. So I think this is a game where Spags is going to see if these guys are really ready. I expect us to come out maybe a little bit conservative because we just saw Justin Herbert have a big game. So don't let him beat you over the top so early. Kind of similar to their game plan, you know, make them run the football, who can throw it short, who can really trust their short game before you start taking those shots. And the shots are going to come. They're going to throw some back shoulders to Mike Williams. They're going to give Keenan Allen some of those sale routes and some of those choice routes in the middle of the field. So I'm excited to see how our DBs match up. I think they're probably going to try to put – if Mike Williams on the outside, I expect to see a lot of Josh Williams and a lot of Fenton on him for sure, especially if uh, Trent McDuffie can't go this week. But obviously in the slot, it's going to be Sneed. He's going to get a lot of Everett. He's going to get a lot of Keenan Allen as well. But it's going to be a good matchup when they when they put Mike Williams on that backside and they go trips, and it's either Josh Williams or Fenton matched up one-on-one. That's the matchup we and you have been talking about all offseason. All off so that's the one I'm most excited to see for our defense. And see, we differ a little bit there, and I, I don't know if we would have differed until McDuffie went out. I probably would have been on the Josh Williams train. I think it's going to be Jalen Watson. I think that Williams struggled a little bit in the third preseason game, showed he may be a little bit more raw um, than the Chiefs thought, you know, initially coming out of camp thought. Mm-hmm. And I think Watson may have passed him up. He's They're both 6'2-ish uh, corners, so size is mm-hmm. very similar. Um, but I just think Watson may have already taken Williams, unless that was just a personnel thing. They thought that Williams matched up better with the Cardinals receivers, but mm-hmm. um, I expect Watson that Watson to come out and and be on those Mike Williams because Fitton's five eleven. You know, Sneed's a slot guy. McDuffie, if he plays, he's five eleven. I you, you need even even Josh if McDuffie Williams. was playing, you still probably want. Uh, uh, Watson or Williams on on the big body Mike Williams, who may be the best. Go get it. Him and Mike Evans maybe one two as far as the for best sure. go get it receivers in football, 
and so that and they play Mike Evans, you know, in a few weeks here. So it'll be a good, good <laughs> test to see how these young guys go against against Mike Williams, even if Keenan Allen isn't ready to go. It's, man, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. The Chargers are going to get their points. Like that's man, they're a good offense. They're going to score. It is what it is. Like like you know, we were talking about the Cardinals. We thought we're probably going to get their points too, which didn't really happen. This is different. This is completely different offense, different weapons. You know, Keenan Allen, no Keenan Allen. They're still – It's this is still top five quarterback in the league they're going against with yeah. the young secondary. I did – the thing that does give me hope is the pressure. If the D-line can can back that up, it's going to be hard for, for Justin Herbert to stretch the ball down the field. He's going to have to get it out to Eckler. And you get it out to Eckler. We, see, we saw what Willie Gay and Nick Bolton can do when they get it off short in space. They're very good at flying to the football – so I feel good about keeping it. If this is a, this may be, this will be a fun, exciting game, but it may not be as many over the top, big 20, 30 yard plays, especially early that fans are talking about. I think there's going to be a case where both quarterbacks are getting the ball out quick because those D lines could potentially cause some havoc early. No, absolutely. I know last year we saw a lot of big plays and we've seen Mike Williams burn us in the past. I know in the December game, I think it was the 2019 season where he burnt us for the game winner in the back of the end zone, or 2018 season when Phillip Rivers was still playing. So we've seen Mike Williams burn us a lot for a lot of big plays, whether it be in the middle of the game or for game winning plays. So um, he's, a, he's a great player. And like you said, it's up to Jalen and Josh. They're going to have to match up with him. Those are our two bigger corners. And this is why I like Josh getting all those reps in the preseason for moments like this because Fenton was out and Josh had to play a lot in camp and with the one. So I think this is the moment where he has to show up and prove that he's earning that he earned his draft spot and earned to make this roster. And this is what his um, contribution is going to be to this team. So Jalen played well last last week versus Arizona, but I think this is where they're going to earn their money. It's it's not an easy task going against Mike. Like you said, he's one of the best back shoulder guys in the league. If there's a jump ball in the league, there's not too many guys that I trust better than him outside of. D Hop, there's not too many guys that if it's a one on one ball, I don't know. D Hop, Mike Evans, yeah. AJ Brown, like he's in that class as he's far in, he's as in that class for sure. he's, a, he's a tough guy. He's going to make his plays. You just want to limit them and make sure they're not consistently making those big plays. So I expect both coordinators to kind of be conservative to start the game off, definitely play some zone, back up, make these quarterbacks think like, okay, you're not going to get the big play, but can you consistently make those? five to six play drives, can you make them eight, 10 play drives? You know, a five mm-hmm. play here, 10 mm-hmm. yards here. Like, can you methodically move the ball down the field? And who's going to get frustrated and try to take that shot or try to force it into double coverage and try to make a play? So I expect us to go in there and try to be, like you said, like be, be versatile in our in our concepts. We were using 12 personnel. We used 13. We had 20. We used 10. We used 11. I just love how we can literally do whatever we want on offense. So I'm excited to see what Andy and EB cook up this week. Because I love the way we can run the football and how we can use our running backs. I don't really see, honestly, their linebackers don't match up well with our weapons, in my opinion. I think mm-hmm. our linebackers match up well with their weapons with Willie Gay. Yeah. So I like that matchup for us. So. Yeah, no, it's going to be a hell of a game. Fun, fun way to start week two in the NFL. Like we always like to end, though, we got to look at the, the betting lines and see where we're at. Right now, the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites, which I think is fair. I think this is a push game. I think whoever's home is going to get the three-point benefits the Chiefs three and a half point favorites over under 54 and a half I'm 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 gonna take the Chiefs to win but I'm gonna go 27 24 so they don't they hit the under and they don't cover that's what I'm going 27 24 Chiefs win 27 24 I think it's a little bit more of a dog fight especially with them having to play two games I agree uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep your same theme. I say, hmm, I say 
26-23 Chiefs. We don't cover, but we definitely get the um, over, like you said. And there's if there's any player props bets that I do like, I would probably think that Juju anytime touchdown would be one of my favorite props because obviously we know he didn't end the game that he wanted to. We know Andy's known for getting guys the ball whenever they have like a, a quote-unquote bad player, bad game. He's known for giving them the ball, giving them opportunity to redeem themselves. So that would be a guy that I think that would be a good bet to try to place a bet for any time touchdown. Here. No, outside, it's of Trav. The, outside of the obvious ones, I think Juju would be a good one to play this week. I think it's Trav, man. Trav just tears up the he's, he's the obvious one. Like, Trav like to lock well, it in every week. I don't think Trav's going to score 17 touchdowns. You know, I don't think he's going to score every week. So it's like, you know, he can't I mean, take yeah, him every he, week. He but, 14. I mean, nobody. But, but Charger week. Charge a week, you take Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown because he makes oh, that. Yeah, that's it, a lock, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. yeah. That's so cool. that's that's where I'm going. I mean, another guy. I think we'll get to we'll know, we'll know for sure after this game if Clyde's really going to be the one or if he's just kind of like one A. You know, he's the starter, but they really use exactly. all three like they exactly. did. We'll we'll know after the Chargers game really what their plan is in the running back group, and so that's something. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm scared to take any running back as any time touchdown because I don't. No, that, I still that, don't know. I, there's so many guys. It can yeah, be I still don't know what the plan is moving forward on with those guys. So staying away from them personally, but hey, gambling, you do you. You do you so no, I, I completely agree so we both we both have the under um yeah i think it's under and they don't cover so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just a short week man division yeah. rivals games are always nasty because they know you better than anybody you see them twice a year every year it's a short week they're coming off a big game versus the raiders we're coming off a game where we we played well but we had some guys banged up so it's, it should be a fun matchup i'm definitely going to be at the game i'm gonna try to get some good footage for us so we can definitely Posted on the show and on the pod for yeah, sure. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this match. I mean, this is one of the ones I've had circled on my calendar all year. So they've had a lot of turnaround and change. We've had a lot of turnaround and change as well. So Brandon Staley to see if he makes some uh, redemption from his mistakes he made last year, who people quote unquote say they should have won the game when we played them in the, in the night game. But that's what their thoughts are. So we're going to see if those thoughts really come to fruition. So I like Andy and EB in a matchup one-on-one. That's just me. So I'm excited. <laughs> for sure dude it's gonna be awesome so all right as we get out here tj cj where can the good people find you my man they can definitely reach me on twitter at cgz81 that's cjeezy 81 i'm always available my dms are open if you guys want to talk ball if you want to talk, talk film breakdown fantasy uh any bets any parlays i'm always open to talk and then of course you can find me at on twitter at 10 penny 88 Again, I keep saying this. I'm still in you know mixed bag with baseball and football content, but you know, I can't can't help myself sometimes. Hey, so always you know, open to right. We're, we're multiple football. out here, guys. We cover everything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys. Hey, we appreciate you that you listening. We'll hit you up next week. Chiefs. <laughs>